Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom, and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you, worship team. Good stuff. Well, we're really trying to switch it up this morning, or at least I am. I've been realizing something. I've been way too serious. I mean, not even cracking a smile. So I'm trying to really mix it up. And I just, I I came across these, I think they're sayings. It says things your mom would never say. (laughs) So here, I'm just gonna roll with them. How on earth can you see the TV sitting so far back? Just leave all the lights on. It makes the house look more cheery. (laughs) Yeah, right. Let me smell that shirt. Yeah, it's good for another week. Hey, go ahead and keep that stray dog. Hey, I'll be glad to feed it and walk it every day for you. Well, if Timmy's mom says it's okay, then that's good enough for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Hey, that curfew is just a general time. Just come in whenever you want to. Yeah, that's a good one. Hey, uh, you don't have to worry about tissue. I don't have any. Just use your sleeve. Yeah. (laughs) My mom would kick my, you know what, if I did that when I was a kid. So, you know, all kidding aside, our moms, you know, moms have prayed us into the kingdom. Let's be for real. If it wasn't for my mom, I wouldn't be standing here right now. And for so many of us, we would not be in the kingdom if someone had not prayed for us to be in the kingdom of God. So I just wanna say, moms, it's not Mother's Day. You're getting an early shout out. Thank you, mom. My mom, you're amazing. And all the other moms out there. And let's just give it up for the moms, all the homeschool moms, they're, they're doing the homeschool gig. They're doing everything and say, hey, moms, thank you for all that you're doing. You're blessing us big time. Well, we wanna continue this thing on prayer, this, this series. And I don't have a pulpit up here, so I'm gonna be doing this a little bit. This is, I'm trying to just be as real as possible. But I've been thinking about this the whole week about prayer and I, I just... I can see people in this room like the Shacks and the, the Brunsons and I see the Cranfords and I see like all the college students in here. I see Brandon, he's a big amen guy. He's right there and I see James and his family back there and I see like over here in, in this section, Claudia, she's got her notebook out and she's drawing and writing and I see in the back, Frank Plotz and his family. And over here, I always see Bryn. And I see like, this is the CrossFit section over here sometimes. I see that. But I just wanna say today, I'm not gonna be looking at a camera as much, but I just wanna you to be with me. Like we miss you guys. We miss having church. Like when the body of Christ comes together, we miss you guys. And 
I mean, like I said, I've been looking, I've been praying over these chairs, not the chairs, but the people that sit in the chairs. And so prayer is huge. And as we think about prayer, I'm thinking about two things that Aaron said. Aaron had two points that really hit me. He said, prayer is meeting with God. And I've really been thinking about what an actual meeting with the Father. What does that really look like to meet with God? His second point was God wants your heart before he wants your words. I mean, God's after our hearts, the Father heart of God. And we need to pursue his heart before we do anything. And so I was thinking about this thing about what is a meeting with God really look like? And I had this happen to me. It was April 11th. I was at home. It was a Saturday right before Easter. And as many of you know, you've heard me talk about journaling. Well, I was at home and I was uh, finishing up some work and I just felt this prompting by God. He was, he was so on me. To, to, he, it was literally like I could feel this pull in my heart. Come and meet with me. Come and meet with me. So it was literally like he said, grab your journal and your Bible and come to the front porch and sit out here with me. So I, I made my way out to the front porch and I was sitting there with the Lord and I do what I normally do. I write, my, write April 11th, Saturday, around three o'clock, I'm sitting. And then I just say this one liner here. I just said, today I have lots of thoughts that I would like to bring to you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. And then I pause and I wait for about seven or eight minutes and while I'm sitting there, it's like the Lord, he just says, I want you to grab your Bible and I want you to just open it. And he said, wherever you open it, this is the exact wording that I wrote down. He said, I have something I want you to meditate on. I want you to open your Bible and look at what you have marked. So all I did is I opened my Bible just like that. And these were the verses. It was Isaiah 50. Verse four was the first. I had three things that I marked in my Bible, but this is the first one. The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. When I think about that, you, lit, you out here in, in our body, you have the tongue of a disciple. You have the tongue of one, a follower of Jesus. And you have the ear. We have the ear of a disciple. We've been trained that we can hear his voice and then we can speak his words. But it's morning after morning after morning. He's training me. He's training my tongue so that I have a word that can sustain people that are weary. And this morning, I, I feel like I have a word that will sustain you if you are weary. If you're in, a, you're feeling weary, you're feeling afraid. This is, 
You, you remember Galatians 6, 9? Do not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. I'm here to say, church, do not give up. Do not grow weary in doing good, because at the proper time, there's a harvest coming. We're coming out of this corona stuff. We're coming out of it. God's got a plan. If you do not give up, you will reap a harvest. You remember 2020 is a year of vision, is a year of harvest. The multitudes are coming to Christ. This right now is a training ground. We're being trained up so that we're ready, so that we're equipped. We're not soft, but we're ready for battle. God's preparing us. So this morning, I wanna just stop right now and pray that wherever you are, that God will give you a sustaining word. He will speak into your heart this morning. So Father, this morning, all of our folks, all of our friends, all of our family, all the people that we love so much and so dear, we pray, God, that you would sustain them with a word. Your word would come to them in the night your word would come to them in the morning and they would literally be built up in their faith. They would be reminded that you are more than a conqueror. You are a son. You are a daughter. And God created you for such a time as this. So Father, I speak encouragement into your people this morning in Jesus' name. And Lord, this morning, we wanna pray for every small business. We wanna pray, God, for every person that's out there like, Lord, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't have any customers. I can't open my doors yet. Lord, we pray that you would sustain them, that they would have more than enough. So we bless our city. We bless every small business. And we pray your kingdom come over everybody watching, their families, their friends, that you, Lord, would encourage this morning. And Lord, we just kick fear out of our houses. We kick fear out of our hearts because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Remember Dee's word, he says a couple weeks ago, he said, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. His peace will go past what you understand, what you know. His peace is like coming at you, is coming to you. You remember, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. His goodness is following you. His goodness is pursuing you. And we are coming out of this. So be encouraged. And I wanna encourage you to do something. I want you to think about somebody you could send a word, a sustaining word to them. Like get your phone out, send somebody a text, write a letter, call somebody up, give them a word of encouragement. There's so much power when we encourage 
one another and build one another up in the faith. Here's another verse I I underlined that day. So when I went to meet with God, whatever he told me to look at, whatever I had underlined, that's what I'm, I'm gonna believe that word. And this was it, Isaiah 49, 23b. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. That's a good word. Those that hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. There's so much disappointment. I got a big disappointment this week. They're not having the furniture market. A hundred thousand people come to the furniture market every year. Can you imagine all the people that's going to affect, including myself? I was disappointed at first, but you know what? My hope is not in the furniture market. My hope is in God. And you know what hope is? You've heard me say it before, but but hope is the confident expectation that good is coming. Like good is on its way because God is good. He's pursuing us. So do not lose hope and you will not be disappointed. The last word I had, it was just a one-liner and it said, my salvation to all generations. And something that I've been feeling really strongly about this past week is the Joshua's and the Caleb's. The Lord is raising up a Joshua and Caleb generation. You know, if you know the story of Joshua and Caleb, they were the only two that came back with a favorable report after Moses sent in the spies. He sent them in to spy out the land. 10 of the guys came back, they were scared. They said, we're like grasshoppers in the land. We're afraid, we're scared. But Joshua and Caleb said, no, we can take it with the Lord's help. Come on, this is our land. And I believe that God is raising up a Joshua and Caleb generation. Those that's gonna take back what's been lost. They're going in and cleaning house. They're going in and taking things for the kingdom of God. Everywhere their feet step, they're gonna possess the land. So I'm feeling real strong about that. And this whole meeting thing with God has really been getting me because have you ever just thought about you're going to meet with the king of all kings? What are you gonna take to a meeting when you meet with God? Well, I think what God asked me to bring was my journal and my Bible. That would be a great place to start. I have several meeting places that I go and meet with God. But when I go there, I'm going there to meet with him. It's a meeting time with God. Prayer is meeting with God. The second point Aaron said, God wants your heart before he wants your words. What have you been praying for the last six weeks? Are most of your prayers centered just around you? What you're doing? What's going on in your life? Or is it bigger? Is your prayer life expanding? Is your meeting times with God, are you able to get the heart of the Father in the meeting? That's what I'm gaining. When I'm with the Father, I'm gaining, I'm getting his heart. And his heart is starting to burn in me for prayer starting to burn for me what his heart 
burns for. I was doing this, I guess it was a devotion on prayer with my son, Sam. It was called Outrageous Prayers. And on the seventh day, it asked a question that rocked me and I wanna share it with you. If the Lord were to answer every prayer that you've prayed for the last seven days, would the world look any different? Would the nations know Jesus? Would there be an end to abortion? Would people have more jobs? Would there be a billion soul harvest? I mean, these are things I really, Lord, if you were to answer all my prayers for the last seven days, would there be any effect on history? What would the world look like if he were to answer all of our prayers? Guys, what I'm saying is he's wanting to broaden our prayer life. There's things burning in his heart that he wants us to burn with. He wants us to carry and burn with the passion and the love that the Father has for us. When you go to meet with the Father, have you ever asked him, Father, what's on your heart? What do you want me to pray about today? Is there anything burning that you just want me to pray about? If you sit and wait upon him, he will give you words to pray, things to say that will touch his heart and touch many other hearts. What was the one thing that Jesus was asked of his disciples? Teach us how to pray. If you have your Bible with, with you, just, let's just look at this one verse. It's kind of, it's just a one-liner verse. And it's in, John, it's in um, Luke 11. And Aaron read it last week. And when he read it, this one word just really popped out. And it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And the word certain place struck me. You know what the disciples were certain of? They were certain that Jesus was going to some place and he was gonna pray there. They were certain that they would find Jesus praying day after day after day. Do you have a certain place that you go and meet with God? Do you have a place that's like, this is my place where me and the Father get together. But notice this, all I wanna talk to you about is just this heart thing. Something I've been doing, I've been traveling to High Point some and as I travel down to High Point, I just say this, Father, 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 Father. And, and when he was teaching his disciples how to pray, he just said, our Father. So all I've been doing is just calling out to the Father. Father, Father, Father like 10 or 20 times. And I can just, even now, as I say his name, Father, I'm just feeling his presence. His presence is so real. And when you say Father, there's an invitation for connection 
My heart is connected to his heart, the Father. The Father heart of God is connecting me. Holy is your name. You know, the angels in heaven are just saying, holy, holy, holy. They've been saying it. They've been saying it over and over. They're gonna say it for thousands and millions of years, holy, because the Father's so good and the Father's so holy and the Father's so great and amazing. And when you get in his presence, you can't help but just say, Father, Father. I encourage you to just say it at home, Father. Just begin to call him Father God. You know, there's such a longing in his heart for us. And as I've been meeting with the Father, something's been happening in my journal. I'm, get, I'm getting, becoming more intimate with the Father and on 4.17, I was having my time with the Lord. It was 5.58 a.m. And I sat down to meet with the Lord. And I apologize because I usually get there earlier and I was running late. And at the end, he said, waiting is believing. When I can wait on the Lord, I, I believe something. Turn with me to Psalms 27 real quick. Psalm 27, the whole Psalm is amazing. But Psalm 27, the last two verses says, I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Then he says this, wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart and wait for the Lord. When I wait upon the Lord, there's power. I can, I'm, my heart's able to be encouraged by just waiting on the Lord. And I was waiting there. He said, waiting is believing. And then he said, keep believing and waiting. And then he said this, meet me here again in the morning. It's like there's this invitation, y'all, to meet with God, and that's what prayer is. I'm encouraging you to go and meet with God. There's an invitation here from God. Something kind of odd of a tangible illustration. When I said waiting is believing, the Lord had me make parentheses and I put Marshall in the gym. Marshall and I has been leading this life group at functional, like a functional fitness type workout at Rev 5. And there's been a couple mornings where Marshall couldn't make it to prayer. And he's like, courage, I'll meet you at the gym. And there's been a few times where Marshall might've been two or three minutes late, four minutes late, even five minutes. But you know, one thing I know about Marshall, he's gonna be there. I don't mind waiting because I know he's gonna show up. There's been some guys I've waited for for 30 minutes and never they never shown up. But I know one thing about Marshall, he likes to work out and he's gonna be there. So I don't mind if he's running a little bit late, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be waiting. And I believe that's the illustration the Father wants to say to us. If you wait on him, he's gonna show up. The Father is wanting to show up in our midst, in our world. But waiting is like, I believe you, Lord, you're gonna show up. 
I don't mind waiting here, but waiting here isn't falling asleep, my head down in my Bible. No, waiting is anticipation. I can't wait. I can't wait for the Spirit of God to come. I can't wait to meet with the Father. There's so much life in this. There's so much power in waiting on the Lord. Do we really trust God? I mean, do we? Do we really trust him? Think about this word we quote, that God works all things together. Romans 8, 28, if you wanna look it up. God works all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. This whole thing we're going through right now, do you believe and trust on the other side? He's working all things out for good. You know what he's doing? We're we're becoming stronger. God's building us up. Can I be honest? Don't be offended when I say this. But the American church is soft. We've never had to face any trials, not real ones. I mean, there's people every day. Did you know there's like 175,000 martyrs every year? I mean, there's 175,000 people you don't even hear about that lost their head or got killed because of Jesus. But God is strengthening a body. He's strengthening his church. And he's working this stuff out for good. So we can trust him. We can bank on it. And something that I've really been thinking a lot about is this whole prodigal Son, in Luke 15. I'm gonna just end with this little story here. So maybe if the worship team, if you guys will kind of be getting ready here. So you know the prodigal son. He wanted his inheritance. He wanted everything that his father could give him before his father actually passed away. And so his father gladly gave it to him and his son went on his way and he blew it all. I mean, he wasted every bit of it. Prostitutes, partying, drinking, you name it. And then it said he came to a census and he came back. He started on his way back and he was rehearsing how he was gonna tell his father, I'm so sorry, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God and the father. Here's a story. Here's Jesus trying to illustrate what the father is really like to all of us. The father sees his son and he takes off running. And when he's a long way off, he just starts running to his son. And he brings his son in, he's so happy. And he says, let's have a real party. Let's have a real celebration. But the thing in this whole story that's really been hitting me is the older brother. The father went to the younger son and the father went to the older son. But the older son was mad. He was upset because his father was throwing a party for his younger son. And in the realization of this story, it came to me that I've been just like the older brother. You know what was wrong with the older brother? 
He didn't have the heart of the Father. That was the whole problem. If the son would have had the heart of the father, he would have celebrated his younger brother coming home. You know what? If we don't have the heart of the father, we're not going to be able to pray effectively. You know what? When you pray with the father's heart, it's fueled. Like there's a fuel that he dumps on your heart when you pray with the heart of the father. You're most effective. We are most effective when we pray with the Father's heart. What do you think, guys? What place have you been praying from? The older brother or the Father, heart of God? I believe the Lord wants to release to us this morning a heart of prayer a meeting time with the Father so that He's got our hearts. Like He's captured my heart. I'm in love with the Father. So Lord, this morning, would you just open your heart with me? Lord, would you, would you come and would you expand our hearts again? And would you give us the heart of the Father? Father God, give us your heart for prayer. Give us your heart for coming and meeting with you. And Lord, give us a heart for the prodigals. This is the year of the prodigals. They're coming home. But fathers, we gotta be ready to go out and get them. We gotta see them from afar off and we're gonna run out and capture them. We're gonna run out and bring them in. So Father God, Father, just ask the Father in your heart to give you a heart of prayer that you and I would be so stirred this week for prayer so stirred to just meet with the Father. And we would return to our first love, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship God. This song here is amazing. I just encourage you to let God minister to you through the song. of the week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboon.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.